And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. More rapid than eagles, his course should they came. And he whistled and shouted and called them by name. On dancer, on prancer, on shouter and blinson, on uh, uh, maybe I... They may have, I may have already named all the guys. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, December 24th. Happy holidays to you and yours. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got young Santa himself, Trey Kirby. Hey! Yo! The international man of mystery taking it to the max, looking like a cute little elf this morning, Lee Ellis. <laughs> Fred. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team. If you're joining us right now on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, tell your friends. We posted yesterday after the Daily Show. Our Christmas bars. So those are now up on YouTube too. If you didn't catch yesterday's show, Merry Xmas to your mom, Young Santa featuring Reindeer Freak. It's up there. And the Abstinent Elf's diss track, <laughs> No Touching. Uh, both of those bangers now available on YouTube. Uh, so go check those out if you haven't already. Email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. We'll be stepping on the beach later next week. Go grab your No Dunks merchandise at nodunks.com. And uh, if you're still looking for a last-minute gift, you know, give someone the best sports coverage in the world. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks and buy someone an athletic subscription. I think they still got the BOGO going on, the buy one, gift one. So go check that out. We're going to have an action-packed show here on Christmas Eve. We're going to do our best to touch on as many games from Wednesday's action-packed schedule. But listen, all right, right from the jump. We're not going to get to everything, okay? So if we don't talk about your favorite team, tough shit. It's a long season. I think we will. But we may not, okay? We may not. 24 teams? No problem. If there was 26 teams. (laughs) Well, yes. Thank you, James Harden and the Rockets. Uh, Yeah, we'll get to that. But I'm just saying, it's a long season. We record, what, five or six podcasts a week. If we don't get to your team or your game from last night, we eventually will. Trust me on that. Yeah. We got Harden and the Rockets, uh, that game being postponed with the Thunder to talk about. We'll get into that. We got another holiday tradition with the show. It's the top five gifts from the Hamakashlama catalog. Yes, we will finally slip that in. We got Tweet of the Night, and we'll have our pick'em results and looking ahead to the Christmas Day schedule. But let's start with the look back to last night. Only 12 games, which made it a little easier. Uh, First impressions, though. Tass, my first question for you. We'll go around the horn here, but best debut. Who are you giving that to from, again, those 12 games on Wednesday night? 
Well, I want to start with the nationally televised game, the TNT game, Bucks Celtics first, because the Bucks had a nice comeback at the end. Mm-hmm. Drew Holiday, their new guy, hits a big step back three. What looks like the game winner to me with a minute left. It seems like they're going to win this game. The guy that they picked up hit the shot that they absolutely need him to make. In the playoffs last year, in the second round, things were just dead at the end of fourth quarters for the Milwaukee Bucks. Who's going to take this shot? Well, it ended up in Drew Holiday's hands. A mean step back three gives him 25 points. Seems like that's the game winner until Jason Tatum hits a ridiculous (laughs) sidestep bank three to win the game over Giannis Tetacumpo's hand that played Great defense, and then Giannis can't tie the game at the free throw line at the other end, which was a terrible call. But what I want to know, Drew Holiday, a great performance there. That would have probably led for us, or for me, for the the best debut. But Jason Tatum takes that all away with that shot that no one is questioning whether or not it was intended. Nobody! Maybe because Jason Tatum walked away and said, yeah, I look like he did it on purpose. But my question for you <laughs> guys did is, no, did no, he no. do it on purpose? Because it sure doesn't seem like it. Because there's no, no way no. he did it on purpose. Oh, well, okay. That's a I great guess. miss that goes in, yeah. but that was awesome. And like you're saying, Tass, you just got to celebrate like it was on purpose. You walk back all tough. <laughs> Hell yeah, I meant to miss that shot by six feet to the left yeah. and up. It went in. Yeah, it was above the box. That's where it hit. <laughs> yeah, and it went in. It was yeah. a crazy. It, he acted like he practices that thing. Yeah, uh, well, that's just, yeah, good acting by him. No one, when they bank in a three, is meaning to bank in a three. No one. Not even Tim Duncan, if, if he was in today's game and he was stepping out to hit more threes, would mean <laughs> awesome. to bank home three. But maybe I'm he sure. realized Giannis's hand was there on the right side. Maybe he had to go that extra five feet up. To get it home. Well, he put the arc on it for sure, and that's why it banked in. Otherwise, I mean, if that's flat, it's not. It's going to hit that rim and, and fire off, ricochet off. Yeah, that's a hell of a shot. Uh, that was okay. a great game. Uh, turned it into a really entertaining game because it was looking like a blowout with the Celtics uh, up pretty big. But like you said, Tass, the Bucks come back. So, so you liked, though, what you saw, despite the loss, from Drew Holiday um, sort of being clutch in, in a yeah. fourth-quarter comeback there. It, it was exactly what they needed. They need a guy who can just... Uh, make shots, have the ball in his hand, create something. I, I was a little bit concerned uh, with the way the Celtics were just kind of strolling to the rim, especially when Brooke Lopez was off the floor. Uh, now, this is sort of going deep into the Bucks rotation, but Bobby Portis is their backup center now. And it's like Stan Van Gundy always said, it's not the guy who leaves, who, who is subbed in for, but the guy who has to sub in for that guy. Uh, so, Robin Lopez leaves as the backup center. I didn't even explain that well. But anyways, Robin <laughs> Lopez leaves, and Bobby Portis comes in as the backup center. And, and now he's just kind of lost out there. So, it, you know, we always talk about the, the Bucks defense and how great it is. I just wanted that backup center spot uh, if they're going to figure out a way to shore it up because Robin Lopez wasn't great uh, on the offensive end, but you just knew he Brooke was going to be around You're the You're talking rim. about Brooke Lopez. No, no, Robin Lopez Robin is the Lopez. backup center. Well, yeah. you're talking about... Yeah, we got Lopez is all <laughs> got, over the place. You got me all confused here. Yeah, yeah. okay, no, sorry. My Brooks mind, still the center. I just... Yes. The Celtics scored a lot of points when Bobby Portis was their ba- was in playing backup center for them last night. Right. Robin right, Lopez right. left this offseason. I was just wondering what happens there because it didn't look good. Uh, and that's where they scored a, a S-ton of points. Okay, so Drew Holiday, a good debut. Yeah, despite the loss. Uh, yeah. You know, Tatum going bank. Called game. 
Paul Pierce, I mean, that is a pretty good quote. I'll give him that. I'm not the biggest Paul Pierce fan, but uh, yeah, I didn't call bank, called game. So I love how everybody says that now when somebody banks home a three to, to win it. it. It is pretty fun. But Trey, who do you have for best debut, uh, you know, despite, besides, excuse me, Drew Holiday? Are we talking specifically debuts of players for new teams? Because if so, Skeets, yeah. I'm going to hit you with Seth Curry. Seth mm. Curry came through in the clutch. Uh, he was my underrated pickup of the off season. He didn't have a crazy game, just 13 points on four of eight shooting. He only made one three, but he made a couple of huge clutch plays uh, in the fourth quarter. He hit a little floater after a broke down play. He had a nice dish to Ben Simmons underneath the basket for the dunk that basically sealed the game and the win against the Wizards. I just thought it was nice having another player out there who was comfortable making plays with the ball when things are breaking down. You know, you don't expect Seth Curry to be a leading offensive playmaker for the Sixers this season but in a pinch when uh when plays are breaking down he can do it enough that uh, that it gives him another bit of a weapon out there a little bit more natural as a passer and a shooter rather than just uh, a shooter or just a just a scorer like Tobias Harris or Josh Richardson might be but I just thought it was nice to see um a guy that they picked up in the offseason who you're expecting to Perhaps close games. He was certainly better than Danny Green was last night. So if they've got those options, if you can choose between Seth Curry and Danny Green, it's a lot like the Lakers last year. One of those guys is probably going to play well. For the Lakers, it was either Bradley or Danny Green. Now we're talking about Seth Curry or Danny Green. There's going to be somebody out there that the Sixers can use. And last night it was Seth Curry. Shout out to him showing up when they needed him. Look at that. This guy's a real basketball fan. Mm -hmm. The obvious answer, people would go Westbrook. Oh, triple-double in his Wizards debut. Not Trey Kirby. He goes a little deeper. And you're right. Curry was awesome. Westbrook triple-double at this point. It's like... Well, yeah. And uh, his best assist of the night was leaving Ben Simmons under the rim there when Seth Curry made that pass. What are you doing, Russ? I mean, I know you're new to the defensive uh, structure there, although it's your old coach, so how new is it? But, uh, yeah, that was... uh, why, why are you leaving the guy? I mean, he's, uh, I know he's not a shooter, but I think he could dunk it from one foot away from the <laughs> rim. But nice pass from Curry, you're right. So that's a that's a good pick, a good debut. Where are you going, Lee? Yeah, uh, and that was interesting, though, Ben Simmons just being in that dunker spot. Yeah. Debut for Doc Rivers as well, starting or ending with Shake Milton as the point guard. Ben Simmons he was, was off the ball. Uh, and so that, that was pretty interesting to see Ben just hanging out there. Danny Green on the bench. Shake Milton's the point guard at the end of the games, and that came through big time. That's yeah. why they won. They were just spread out, and they had lots of room. So Doc Rivers, nice debut right that, there. That was a fun game. That was one of the yeah. games I sort of zeroed in on uh, it from the you know the early starts, I guess. So that, I, had, I watched that one a lot, of course, with the Raptors too losing. But yeah, Shake Milton, he showed how important he is. Like just ball handling. And his shooting ability, uh, I thought Embiid was a beast too. Uh, I don't want to overlook him. I thought he had a great game. I also thought it was really funny. You know, we're seeing all these, uh, the setups, right? With like what these arenas are doing, what these teams are doing with no fans for the most part in the crowd. (laughs) Did you notice that the Sixers had like their dancers there? Uh, like sort of up on like a weird little stage and you know I'm watching through League Pass so every time they go to like a break it just goes to these camera shots of like their drum line and like these poor dancers are dancing for no one really the entire game Uh, kudos to them they kept the energy up pretty high for the entire uh, contest but (laughs) it's gotta gotta be a weird feeling Lily just dancing really for nobody well yeah but you have to try to recreate any sort of circumstances you can I guess for your team because again this, this is the game that I was actually watching pretty closely as well because it was a very weird game. The Wizards at times looked like they were home, you Mm. know, and the Sixers struggled. They scored 15 points in the third quarter Philadelphia, then 40 in the fourth quarter. And a lot of it, I think, was actually Joel Embiid, one of the criticisms we had of him down in the bubble was not being aggressive and just bullying his way to the basket. 
he did that a few times mm-hmm. uh, against like Thomas Bryan and those guys. And that's what he needs to do. He needs to just make sure these guys know I'm ma- way better than you. I'm bigger. I'm stronger. And I'm going to get inside and get his team baskets. And they did because it looked like the Wizards were going to win this game. That triple-double from Westbrook was good. He got off to a good start. But it was it was Simmons and Embiid at the end, I thought, who really stamped themselves down. Simmons' defense was incredible too mm-hmm. last night. I think he had you know two steals and three blocks. Those are the, the, the hardcore numbers for you in the box score. But just his presence... And his defensive impact was uh, was incredible. And this this was yeah this is a good game because these two teams are going to be rivals. You know Westbrook and Embiid have had a history in the past, so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how those two go against each other this season. But uh, Westbrook definitely changes that offensive look for uh, for uh, Washington that someone else can actually get a basket on that team. Uh, you know I think Beal finished with 30 in the end, but uh, just uh, just the energy that Westbrook brought was something that the Wizards hadn't really had. Bertans got off to an incredible start there yeah. too, hitting those threes. But then he did nothing after that. That's that's the problem with him is he can hit those threes, but then he just kind of goes missing. So good game, good start, and uh, impressed to see Joel Embiid using his bulk and using his size uh, when the, when his team needed it. Yeah, for sure, it was a good win. Who do you have for best debut though, Lee? Well, that's that's where I was going. I mean, we got to it at the end there, but uh, that's where I was going for it. There was, there was some uh, Westbrook, really good... for Westbrook. Yeah, Westbrook, because I thought to go out there and just crack that triple double, and and again, he Westbrook, they gave him that mid range shot early on, and he started knocking them down. But then he just sort of steps out a little bit. He gets a little bit too confident. But if he stays in that mid range game, that's where he can be his most uh, effective, like attacking the basket and just staying in that mid range. But teams will just say. Once he gets a little bit confident, let him step back and take those threes. And that's mm-hmm. where, uh, that's again, just his downfall, just his weakness. But you throw, I think he had in the third quarter, too, a triple-double. Yeah, of which course. Is, he was uh, embarrassingly bad on defense, though. He was, yeah, he was so lost. He was, but that's Westbrook, you know. He, he's, uh, he, he gives that team some energy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So Westbrook uh, gets a little nod there. Okay, let's go to our next question then. Lee, you get it started. Most surprising player or team performance? Let's go out to Cleveland. Let's go there. Let's go there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hang the garland, mate. Oh, my God. This this was technically... It, it counts as a blowout in the end, but it wasn't really. It was it was closer than it seemed. Now, this game gets uh, it has some incredible moments. Terry Rozier had 36 points and 10 threes in the second half and 42 points. An incredible game by him. Yep. But it was this, the backcourt, the Sexland backcourt there of Cleveland. Uh, it started off Sexton. He was fantastic. And then Darius Garland in the second half. He was really good. And this team, I will say this happily, was fun to watch last mm. night. They, their, their rookie, Coro, uh, he was good as well. But this team just played with energy. They played together. And even though, again, it was it was technically a blowout, it didn't sort of feel like they, they were all that comfortable because it's the Cavs, so you just never know. But one of the main things was, was, was this team going to be boring? And they weren't boring last night at all. It was mm-hmm. fun. Andre Drummond even had some nice plays out there last night. So uh, this this was exciting. I mean, this was a game that I thought I could overlook because there was so many on the schedule. But then I sort of caught what was going on, <laughs> dipped into it, and then rewatched it again this morning. I was like... This was fun. The Cavs were fun. They looked good out there. They looked like they were enjoying themselves. Hold on, so, hold on. Are you telling me on a 12-game night, you watched the Cavs Hornets, you went to bed, and you said, you know what? I want to watch that again. No, I dipped into it. I dipped into it, I said, because oh. because Rozier was going off, and then uh, and, and people were saying as well, Skeets is tweeting me about Darius Garland, so I'm looking right. back at that. But there's so many there's so many screens going there last night. You're just trying to bob around. But, but what you watched sort of the highlight package again this morning, I assume. That was yeah the the okay. the, uh, the old ten minute recap and yeah, it was okay. fun it was just it was fun to watch and seeing Rosier have uh, I, I'm guessing that was his career high night it had to have been like the guy hits ten threes on opening night forty two points 
But there's so many other storylines oh, yeah. and so many other information going on there last night. Uh, it, people aren't talking about it too much, but he was. It was funny for when he gets confident. He was calling Beastman, <laughs> "Come and give me a screen." Then he's just stepping in, knocking down those three. Ten of sixteen. Good shooting. Fun game. Yeah, and Gordon Hayward was looking great out yeah. there the entire game. He had a 28-point night. It was just a steady night for him. It looked like he was going to lead his team in scoring, and then Terry Rozier comes out of nowhere. They combine for 70 points, and they still lose. Yeah, that, That's the scary, scary part. What, what's, what's weird is that Cody Zeller goes out. I underestimated the importance of Cody Zeller because when a guy gets injured, who's going to replace that guy? Who's going to replace oh, the guy who replaces go, him? Because yeah, yeah, uh, right. Bismack Biombo comes in. And he's supposed to be known as a defensive guy. And he just watched people stroll to the rim. The Cavs looked exciting because nobody could play defense on the Hornets. I mean, yeah, it was they, a They were helped runway. out by that, yeah. The Cavs shot 53% from the floor, 34 assists on 46 made baskets, and had seven guys in double figures. They shot the ball well, but I'm with Tass. The Hornets uh, made it easy for them a lot of times out there. That's bad. That's yeah. bad. Yeah, they're going to miss Cody Zeller, which is crazy. Oh, Can you yeah. find another Zeller to replace him? I don't know, but uh, that's... <laughs> That's scary. You get 70 points from those guys. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about John Morant, I'm sure. It's mm. it's kind of like the Memphis situation. You get a 40-point night, you shouldn't lose. You should not lose. But the Cavs, yeah, they've, they've got a lot of talent. I'm, I wonder how good it's going to look against a team that's not the Hornets. Will this be the last time we talk about the Cavs this season? Uh, that's no, really no, no, no. They've, okay, they've, okay. they've got me. They've got me for a couple of games here. Um, I will I say, say, you can tell it's the first week of the season because <laughs> Lee watched the Wizards, Hornets, and Cavs on purpose yesterday. Wow. I will say, uh, disappointing uh, start for LaMelo Ball. Very, very Yeah, yeah, right. because he didn't even have a cool highlight. No, he did In fact, he had a, a Shackton moment, uh, oh, yeah. which was rough for him. But, yeah, couldn't couldn't get going. I thought he was going to get some more minutes and more opportunity, but uh, unfortunately, no. But, uh, you know, came on a loss against the Cavs. But I'm watching the Cavs. I'm in. I'm in on the Cavs. Hey, I, I, love it. I love it. Okay, so that's surprising. Sure, just you watching the Cavs is uh, surprising enough. Uh, Trey, why don't you go next? Surprising player or team performance? Well, we already touched on it a little bit, but I was really impressed with Jalen Brown for the Celtics last night. You know, Jason Tatum is certainly getting most of the buzz with the big bank job, but Jalen, 33 points. He was making plays in the half court. He scored in the post. He scored on like a little mid-range pull-up. I just thought he was really, really good for the Celtics last night, and that's exactly what they're going to need with Kemba Walker out at the beginning of the season. I also thought Marcus Smart was pretty good playing basically point guard. He really reined himself in. You know, (laughs) there are certainly games where we'll see Marcus Smart take 11 threes or something like that, but... I think he only took something like three shots last night. He had seven assists. Like, he was just setting up the Celtics because he came into the league as a point guard, but with the way the Celtics personnel has always been, he's kind of always been the defensive point guard and a little bit of a ball move or a little bit of a shooting guard. But now, with Kemba out, he's kind of forced into that role as a playmaker, and he really succeeded. And I also got to give a major shout-out. Celtics have the best-looking arena set up for all of these games with their uh, banners right yes. down by the court. That looked awesome, having those right behind uh, the baselines, behind the basket. Yeah, I agree. I think it also uh, came into play when Giannis missed that free throw. There's like (laughs) the intimidation of looking at all those banners while you're trying to get your first ring. I mean, that second one, Lee, I see you shaking your head. And I I was waiting. I was like, oh, Lee Ellis is so ready to tweet, practice your free throw, kids. Uh, He knows he's going to miss one of these. And, uh, and, And I agree with Tass. I don't think he should have ever been on the line to begin with. Uh, I think that was a bit of a gimme. That's a two-time MVP, yeah. getting the benefit of the doubt, okay. But 
Ooh, second one. Yeah, yeah. Rough, uh, rough, rough. You see, the, the great thing about that tweet of mine, because it's such a great tweet, yeah. is you can tweet it if he makes them or misses. Because if he makes them, see, practice your free throws. You can send that game to overtime. He Jeez. missed it. But it was a clunker, that second one. Oh, my God, it was a clunker. Yeah, and, and Giannis uh, had a three-pointer late as well, airballed that. I mean, he hit, I think he went three for eight in the end from three last night, which is pretty good percentage overall. <laughs> sure. But man, those those big ones, those big ones where he just airballing them. Oh, that, that's rough. Uh, yeah, I hope I hope he can redeem himself from that one because he had the, he was slumped after missing that free throw. He knew what it meant. He knew that tweet was coming. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm sure the first thing he did when he got back in the locker room was check at Lee Ellis on Twitter. Oh, no, but is it you know there? what though? Is it you know, there? Like, like I'm not questioning his MVP credentials or anything like that. But people do like, oh, he's an MVP. You know, like oh, he shouldn't miss those, and and he shouldn't get that foul call, like you're saying as well. It's like it's got nothing to do with that. It's just a free throw at the end of the game. That's right, all right. it is. Well, I mean, he came up short. Yeah, I know, but, but it's the, but it's not like he still had 35 and 13. I mean, you know. Oh, that, I think he lost an MVP last night. Look, I'll say <laughs> it. I think he lost it. I did see somebody tweet that, and then they deleted the tweet after they were getting ratioed very <laughs> yeah, hard. But, I mean, uh, okay, so I do like the look, though. I'm with you, Trey. It looks, uh, looks awesome. I actually think most of the arenas did a pretty good job of trying to make them uh, aesthetically as pleasing as possible with no fans. Uh, but Celtics are running away with the, the overall look. Tass, you got a surprise uh, team, player, performance that you liked? Well, just to jump on the Jalen Brown bandwagon, love sure. Jalen. I, I thought Giannis uh, as well. Those two guys overshadowed by the end of this, the storyline there by Tatum and by the Giannis missed free throw. Giannis was awesome. I had 35 and 13. Uh, he was 6 of 8 from the free throw line. That's pretty good. I think he practiced those free throws. Mm. 75%. That's above uh, his <laughs> normal percentage. That's pretty good. He definitely, I think his form looks better. What do you think, Lee? I think I think he's got a little bit more of a flow. It used to be a, a little bit more stagnant, a little bit more mechanical, yeah. a little bit more, yeah. here, here's my, more arc, here my legs thought, coming up, missed, here's my but... slow arm coming up, but now there's some flow there. There's a little bit more flow. I believe in him and the Bucks. Uh, you know, they, that was a fine loss in, at the end, even though it was a freaking crazy loss. Um, I think they feel okay, other than Giannis being pretty pissed. Mm. Yeah, what, 18 in the fourth quarter, right, for Giannis? That's the other thing. But you got to make your free throws or else you're getting tweeted yeah. by Lee Ellis. And he's going <laughs> to go to the line in those situations. It might not have actually been a foul, but in the same situation, every team is going to foul him. Yep. Say, you got to make these. doesn't mm. matter how smooth it's looking. We want to see that switch. Yeah, well, what do you think, yeah. Dr. Lee? Is Task got a point? Does it look a little more smooth, uh, Giannis, at the free throw line? It's, it's like his three-pointer. Like, when he when he steps into it and he gets that one motion, he looks much better. But when he does kind of sort of like, I've got to remember this. It's like a golf swing, you know? It's like, I've got to remember this. got to remember that. Put the ball up, elbow straight, and then let, let it go. Sometimes they can just see that in his mind. Uh, he's just got to sort of forget about it and just, just shoot it. You know what I mean? Like, don't think about it. Don't overthink about it. Uh, too much but uh he because he has games where it's like yeah it looks beautiful looks great but it's almost like other times he's he's just thinking he's in his own head a little bit but uh but look three for eight from downtown and six for eight from line that's overall you would take that of course from him because uh because he's not a naturally beautiful shooter of the ball so he's working hard on it uh he had a nice little you know what he has got a nice is that little fadeaway on the baseline uh he hit that last night uh again over he marcus smart he, he showed it his crap load of the bag with 35 points. Yeah, on in the post there, on the baseline, in the lane, uh, the threes, uh, and some good teammates. Um, but yeah, still in a loss. Do you have anyone really else lost. to ask for a surprising team or? No, nah, I'll, or save, it. You're going? I'll okay, save well, it. I'll save it. I'll just. I'll- I'll throw some love to the Orlando Magic was a surprising win over the Miami Heat. Uh, and I ended up watching this one down the stretch. 
Um, you know, we don't talk a lot about the Magic. They're a weird team. Uh, feels like they have a bunch of guys that you're like, hmm, that guy's still on their team. They haven't traded him yet. But they got the victory, uh, and it was nice down the stretch for them. 113-107 over Miami. Uh, the Heat did not look good. Sort of similar to what we saw from the Lakers uh, on opening night uh, with those two teams uh, playing, you know, 71, 72 uh, days ago after going to the finals. But, yeah, I mean, they, they got it done. Uh, and in the end, it was sort of by committee. It was not like there wasn't like one standout performance. Fournier had 25. Aaron Gordon had 20. Fultz, 15. Uh, Vucevic didn't even have a monster game, 15. Terrence Ross did his thing off the bench, 19. You see it all there. Um, I thought Cole Anthony looked decent in his 20 minutes of play for a rookie, too. Um, You know, not running away with rookie of the year by any means, but solid. I threw a nice hoop to Aaron Gordon on the fast break. That was huge. Nice finish by AG. So, nice win. I guess a little shocked more with the Heat's performance in it. Maybe than I am even the Magic. Um, They just didn't look all that good, probably outside of Bam, who had a pretty... Pretty impressive game for them. So, a little love to Orlando here uh, for their season opener victory over their rivals there in, in Florida. Okay, let's go to most disappointing player or team. Trey, we're going to go to you first. Um, okay, well, let's see where he goes. Let's see where he goes with this one. The Bulls suck, man. <laughs> Skeets. Come on, this is embarrassing. The Bulls, the only good thing after last night, they got absolutely... Smoked by the Atlanta Hawks. The yep. Bulls last season were this season's Hawks. We brought in some vets. We're going for the playoffs. We got Jim Boylan punching the clock. <laughs> it was a disaster. Yep. The season was over after night one against the Charlotte Hornets. The season is over after night one against the Atlanta Hawks this season because the Bulls just looked so, so bad. <laughs> Basically on every part of the court. You know, they gave up 40 in the first quarter, 42, 41 in the second quarter. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're barely getting to 30 points. Kobe White looked completely out of his depth as a starting point guard. Couldn't really get the ball uh, to his teammates. Could not find Trey Young when he had to guard him on offense. And it was just, it was bad. For me, uh, I kind of charged it to the game as we were going on. I'm seeing the Bulls losing by 30 points. I'm saying, all right. Time to get rolling these cinnamon rolls. Got to roll them out. That was the only good thing that happened. I got my baking done, and now I'm thinking the Bulls are going to be in the mix for the number one pick this year. I don't think they're really the worst team in the league, but they were brutal last night. They look like the worst team in the league. They'll certainly get better. You got to be a little bit encouraged that Patrick Williams had an okay game. (laughs) But with the lottery odds being flattened a little bit, you know, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Bulls have one of the sixth worst records in the league and, you know, have a little bit of lottery luck. And suddenly we're back with Cade Cunningham right next to the florist, Patrick Williams. I'm already focused on the draft, Skeets. It's been one night, but uh, oh my goodness. It's <laughs> when you're getting beaten that bad by a team that you're basically on par with, like they should be challenging the Hawks. The Hawks made a lot more moves this season. Yeah. The Bulls did it last season, but they're right in the same tier, basically. And the Bulls just look completely outclassed. Looked like they hadn't played basketball in 10 months. Neither had the Hawks, but they looked all right. <laughs> yeah, that's the tough one with this game to figure out. It's like, wow, are the Hawks maybe that good, offensively especially? Uh, or are the Bulls that bad? Or is it somewhere in the middle? Because, uh, I mean, you see the box score of this one. The plus minuses are hilarious. Like, DeAndre Hunter's a plus 40. Yeah. <laughs> he played like 20 minutes or something like that. 25 minutes. Like, he's like, it's, and it, I'm sure fast. it wasn't DeAndre Hunter doing all that action. It's just, he's like, hey, this is awesome. We just score every time I'm out here. It was crazy. It was over in a hurry. But Trey Young, 
He got Woboy. I mean, it, there was so many guys that we could I could have given Woboy to, but I went with him. He played like what twenty six minutes and yeah. had an unbelievable night. He had twelve shots and he scored like thirty seven points. Uh, you know, in the blink of an eye, uh, got a lot of it at the line, hit three. So, yeah, was that, quite that, spacious that was a tough out one. there. I mean, he could just walk yeah. into the lane. I think it was kind of a blessing that Clint Capella was hurt for the. Uh, the Hawks in this one because John Collins was the five and they were all spread out around. Gallinari got the start instead. So John mm-hmm. Collins could do whatever the heck he wanted with all that space and no Capella clogging. Uh, they just didn't get anywhere near John Collins. And uh, John Collins I don't know if it. any of the Bulls physically touched any of the yeah. Hawks. <laughs> like Trey Young would come around a screen and he would have six feet on either side of him, whether it was Levine guarding him, whether it was Kobe White guarding him, or whether it was, you know, Wendell Carter. In no man's land, basically. The Bulls have switched their defensive principles this year, trying to play a little bit more conservatively, but the guards cannot stick with the guards. So they pull up, and it's like Wendell Carter's just waiting there. He's like, all right, you shooting a floater over my head, or are you lobbing it to John Collins? Luckily yeah, for the Hawks, got, they got some of both. Yeah. yeah. He got a couple oh, of M1s, I think, there, Trey Young, from uh, when guys were behind him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe so. Yeah, exactly. I will say the Hawks oh, uniforms boy. I thought looked pretty nice out there. Oh yeah, the those too. Black Hawks uniforms—they yeah. look really. They got really the best nice. unis in the league. Yeah, they're they're a trifecta of unis. They're perfect. I don't think they can lose this year. I think they're going eighty-two and zero because wow. of those jerseys. Eighty-two and zero. Oh my god, they're they're, they're so good. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Forget about that. Didn't I? Uh, they're going uh, to the playoffs. They're winning ten straight in the playoffs. Well, the Spurs uh, did that once. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I, I did want to say, as far as your, your cinnamon rolls go, uh, it was good to see Patty Williams. As he said, you're rolling out your patties. That was nice. <laughs> and then after the game, John Collins, I think he calls himself Iceman or the Ice or something. I don't he know does? what he calls himself. <laughs> but he said, uh, hey, Iceman had a good game. So icing was on your, your cinnamon rolls. I don't know. I'm just trying to make talk cinnamon rolls. Uh, okay. But yeah, John Collins was talking to himself in the third person, giving himself that nickname. I don't know. I don't know. What I think it, I, Ice Tray, right? Isn't that what no, they call Trey Young? It was about John. It was about himself. Oh, maybe he was talking about Ice. He must have uh, been Young. The Iceman Trey Young. He did have a oh, pretty sick game. What he end up with? Thirty-seven and yeah. seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah but you know, he was basically out there playing rec league ball. So, good game for him. <laughs> hey, hey. At least uh, you know this is the icing sugar on top of your cinnamon roll here, Trey. At least you didn't have Boylan calling timeouts with his team down. You know, thirty-five. <gasps> oh! Or did Donovan Jimmy, do it? I don't know. Maybe he did. I didn't watch. You got to give a shout out to Jim Boylan back in the news. Yeah, hooked up with the Portland Trailblazers to help with their defense. They lost 120 to 100. So yeah. the Bulls may be the worst team in the Eastern Conference, and the Trailblazers look like the worst team in the Western Conference for a night. For one, for night. a night, they looked bad. Great night for Chicago. Great <laughs> night. Uh, that was great. That that was my surprise watching Portland play defense. You, you throw in um, Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington into that starting lineup. Everybody excited for the Portland Trailblazers mm-hmm. to play D. And uh, the Jazz the Jazz literally tore them up. It was a blowout. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I loved watching Joe Ingles, actually. I was surprised Joe Ingles looked like a young buck out there. He's coming off the bench, um, which didn't work for them last year. But he had seven assists to lead his team. He was, he was literally carving the Blazers up and... I don't know what happened to Damian Lillard, but he just couldn't find himself at all. They just they just suffocated him. Nine points, very, very bad night, as bad as a night as he had all of last season. So that was that was really, really odd to see the Blazers, who have been hyped to the max yes. uh, as a team that could be a three, four seed. Um yeah, defense defense is hard as we saw with the Bulls, we saw with the Hornies, and we saw with the Blazers. You gotta stop somebody on the perimeter. 
you gotta play hard and uh they got torn up by a jazz team that shouldn't be tearing you up like that yeah that's my pick too for disappointing player or team i mean lillard that's only the second time in four years that he scored under 10 points and you gotta give some kudos to the jazz guards for not fouling him that's very difficult with damian lillard move your feet don't reach and then gobert and favors back there those guys i mean they just threw a lot of bodies at him they kept him off balance and again like i said they didn't foul him a ton and then when you know they contained him, they did rotate to the other shooters. Uh, they that was great defense. Uh, I thought Gobert had an unbelievable game for them. But yeah, the hype coming in here. You know, I thought I was going to be one of the rare people picking Lillard for MVP. Feels like there's like ten people across the media <laughs> taking this guy, and this is not a great start, of course. Uh, four for twelve and just the nine points, um, and just a bad overall team performance. You're right. I'm going to blame Boylan. You know, the stink of Boylan on them. Uh, for, for this loss, but ooh, Unbe- unbelievable ooh. to bring that guy in after the past two seasons. I, I don't get it. Like, uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Gar Foreman also got a job for yeah. the Pelicans. Maybe, maybe it wasn't the people making the decisions because you look at the talent on the court for the Bulls. Didn't look good last no. night. You're brutal. No, mm-hmm. no. Okay, so we're yeah we're we're piling on the Blazers here, trying to give a little love to the Jazz too in that twenty point win. Uh, Lee, is there another team or player you want to sort of? Uh, Give some call to here on uh, well, Christmas no, Eve. I, I just would have sort of wanted to more emphasize two things, I think, for the Jazz. Bogdanovich coming back helps their offense a lot. Uh, I mean, everyone was hitting threes. I think they hit 10 in the first half there for the Jazz. Uh, and then defensively. They took a ton of threes, too. That's very they, important. They took yeah. 50 threes. I think that might be yeah. a, a Jazz record, actually. Yeah, I think yeah. they if, if it ended up hitting 19. Uh, but uh, but Favors, again, that, that, that defense of his is so important for the team. And that's what they were missing last season. But also... Mitchell didn't give Lillard any sort of opportunity a lot of the times at the top of the ball just to even get the ball. It was like Mitchell was right there in his face. Mm-hmm. And I just think that was, a, that was a smart way for the Jazz to be like, don't even let Lillard sort of get into his groove there because uh, once he does, we know what Lillard's capable of doing. So I think, I think the Blazers were just kind of not really expecting that sort of a defensive uh, in, intense focus from the Jazz at night one. They just didn't Maybe. seem ready. So, yeah. Okay. Any, any, anyone else? Or uh, I guess we sort of are all zero. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Uh, unfortunately, one guy, another guy who I've hyped up, and I said I want to see his uh, playoff form in the regular season. Jamal Murray was, oh, yeah, great game, great game, uh, really fun game, and, and credit to the Kings for winning this one. This was a fantastic performance. Jokic had a triple double. Michael Porter Jr. is guaranteed to lead the league in. I don't give a shit. I'm just shooting it next time I get the ball shots. Uh, He had a good game. He had a good game, but there are times where he's just like, I'm shooting it if I get it, and I'm going to go and get it, and I'm just shooting I'm just going to fire away. He's a young guy, uh, and it is going to be something he has to learn. Defensively as well, he gets lost a lot. uh, See that block in the corner? That was... Nice. Look, he does he does nice things, but he he tends to still play his own game uh, a little bit too much for me. But again, he's a young guy; he's a rookie guy, and he and he's very very talented. So he'll play that out. But Jamal Murray just could not get it going last night. I think yeah. he ended up one field goal, and that was a dunk uh, in the second Great. half. He, mm-hmm. he did uh, he did he hit all his free throws, but uh, you know, <laughs> unbelievable that he just wouldn't be able to get anything going really on that offense when Jokic had it going and. Uh, and this was a game that you, you know, I think most of us would have thought the Nuggets win this game. Went to overtime. It was a great finish, but yeah. um, they need more, obviously, from Jamal Murray, and he, yeah. and he didn't perform last night. No, bad, bad uh, performance from him. Well, the final question I have is favorite play 
and or random moment from the night. And uh, I'll go first because it is the ending of the Kings game uh, that you're talking about here, Lee. Uh, run, buddy, run was the call uh, on the uh, game winner. This was an insane ending because the Nuggets had possession of the ball. Less than seven seconds to go in overtime. I don't know, 99 times out of 100, they either win the game or at least it goes to double overtime, right? Yet they somehow lost because it's pure chaos. Harrison Barnes steals the ball from Jokic. He's he's going the other way. He misses a dunk. Thanks to pretty good defense from Will Barton. But Buddy stays with the play, trailing, and then hits the buzzer-beating tip-in. Uh, Kings win 124-122. And Buddy Hill does what Buddy Hill does. He just <laughs> After he hits a game winner, he did against the Pistons. Was that last year or the year before? I can never remember. But he went screaming off, you know, like, you can't touch me like he's a soccer player. Um, and he did it again. He just went screaming to the back. <laughs> but even before that, the Nuggets had a chance to put this game away before we even got to the Jokic turnover, because they're up two points, 13 seconds to go. Will Barton, like nice sort of inbounds play. He's left all alone in the paint. Porter finds him. And then De'Aaron Fox doesn't give up. He swoops in, does a barrel roll, and has the chase down block uh, to then get a game time transition layup the other way. I mean, if, if Barton scores that, it's over. I mean, it's, it's definitely over. But Fox doesn't give up. Huge block, and they score the other way, and then we get this whole crazy another steal and the uh, buddy heel tip in. What a insane ending to this one on, on opening. I mean, the Tatum Bank 3 was crazy. This is crazier when you consider all the things I just laid out. Mm-hmm. Nuggets basically just gave it away. Yeah. Like you're saying, that Will Barton layup was ridiculous. He was wide open underneath the hoop. Yeah. The guy's been in the slam dunk contest. He basically moonwalks there. It took forever to get the ball up to yeah. the hoop. Star Fox comes in, swats it away. Harrison Barnes making a couple of nice plays Great there plays. down the stretch, just a dr- attacking the hoop, getting to the rim, had the layup on the first one. Then, like you're saying, Buddy Heald comes flying in for the tip. That <laughs> yeah. guy looked huge. He looked like he was seven feet tall. Up yeah. there, like punches it into the hoop, and he's gone. See ya. And obviously, uh, it was within time because even the Nuggets broadcasters were yeah. like, well, that yeah. counts. See you later, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. gone. Well, see you on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah crazy, crazy fun game. Um, but, Trey, we'll go to you next. Is there another one that was, uh, you know, your favorite play from the night or random moment? Uh, this was in the Mavericks-Suns game. Josh Richardson had an incredible Dunny Bowl, spun around five <laughs> times, which is fun to watch in the first place. But then they showed the replay of it from, uh, like, the baseline angle. And you can see both Josh Richardson, and I'm pretty sure that it was, uh, it must have been Tim Hardaway Jr. They're both watching from behind, both <laughs> shimmying as this ball is spinning around the hoop. It finally drops. I just thought this was so good. Here's the shimmies. Look at this. Oh, yeah. It's always exciting when you're around when a Dunny Bowl goes in. It just feels like time has stopped for some reason. Yeah, and uh, we had a lot of people on Twitter I, I saw tweeting at us, like, what do we call this? Because, you know, we obviously tracked the wedgies. Didn't have one, unfortunately, over the last two nights. But, uh, you know, we know we got the pigeons and all the ledgy, but, like, what is this? Because there was a lot of people, is this a toilet bowl or something like that? It is the Dunny Bowl. That's what we uh, call this one. That's right, Lily, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, it yeah. was a great one. It was a beautiful one. Just kept going and going. And, and, and as you mentioned there, Trey, I love seeing him in the background, really just trying to like will it in there. So. <laughs> it worked. Beautiful moment. Yeah. Okay. I love the dungy bull. Um, just a little bit of dung for you. When I saw that really quickly, I just saw uh, the close up of the rim, the ball going around the rim. I thought it was from years ago. I just, mm. you know, that just happens so rarely. I yeah. just thought, oh, somebody's thrown up an old clip on Twitter. That's pretty <laughs> fun. I'll laugh at something from 2017, and then I flicked, and I saw the wild stuff. That was last stuff. night. Uh, but, yeah, just I, I just want to note, 
in that game, the, the worrisome part for the Mavericks, best offense of the, in the league last year, they almost win this game against Phoenix Suns. Very close down the stretch. Yeah. Chris Paul and Devin Booker together, they pull it out. It, it, it was a, a very Chris Paul-like ending. Uh, that should be what the, ho- the Suns hope for. On the other side, Luka, 32 nice ones, uh, but the second highest scorer on the Mavs has 12 points. And uh, sort of like what happened in Memphis where John Morant had a fantastic game. You can't have 40-plus and lose a game, but John Morant had 44, um, and they lose. That's the scary part for the Mavs. That's the scary part for the Grizzlies. Mm. That just shouldn't happen. And then let's give the Spurs a little bit of love. You said we're not going to talk about the Cavs until maybe the end of the season. I think the Spurs will probably go less talked about, but they they are, wait for this, exciting. I believe in the Spurs being somewhat exciting. Mm. Three young guys start with their oldies, DeMar and LaMarcus Aldridge. Okay, they're their starters. And then Kelvin Johnson, DeJounte Murray, and Lonnie Walker. Exciting stuff if you watch the Spurs. Nobody did. But no. um, they Lonnie are Walker exciting. had some nice dunks. Oh, Lonnie yeah. Walker mm-hmm. was skywalking last night. He had some bounce to him. He had a couple of nice dunks. And that also had the John Morant to himself. Uh uh, the the self oop off the backboard the shoop if you want to call it that the, um, very, yeah very the nice. very the very rare finger roll uh, alley oop yes. to himself too because it was he kind of got caught and he was like what am I going to do here and then just gently laid it up off the uh, off the backboard then slammed it down yeah he's it was there was some action in this game some highlights but uh, Grizzlies are just never really close it was just no. the John Moran did everything he yeah. could to get that team back in the game he was attacking like all yeah. of his shots were in the paint like. Everything was like basically inside, and uh, but yeah, the Spurs just they kept scoring. They couldn't get enough stops, like Tass was saying. It's like disappointing. You got a forty-four point performance. You just can't stop the other team to to pull out the victory. Um, yeah, okay, that was uh, we had the Dunny Bowl there. We had the Kings crazy ending versus the Nuggets. Um, some Lonnie Walker dunks. We've already talked about the Tatum step back game winning three over Giannis. Anything else, Lily? Is there anything else that comes to mind? Well, uh, you know, what cliche do you prefer? Play the full 48 minutes. It's a game of two halves. It's a game of runs because you could apply all that to the uh, Raptors and the Pelicans down in Tampa. Mm. Down there, I thought the Raptors looked great in the first half. Uh, and in the second half, Brandon Ingram was fantastic. And J.J. Redick was J.J. Rex, he's probably uh, a solid candidate for six man of the year if he plays like he did last night, just hitting those threes. Uh, very, and, and in the end, I mean, the, the uh, Pelicans handed the Raptors this loss pretty handily. Yeah. Uh, Toronto's disappointing. <laughs> disappointing uh, performance because you just, we expect the Raptors to be a little bit more resilient than that, but uh, their defense wasn't good enough. Ingram, again, that he, he is so confident right now in that mid-range game. I know he's most improved last year, an all-star, 25 a game, so we shouldn't be shocked by it. But he yeah. seems to have taken another level to his game already. Now, his numbers might not be too much different from last season, but just that sort of confidence and that, like, I'm going to get my shot. Not Kevin Durant. He's not Kevin Durant. I'll just say that. He's not Kevin Durant. But it had that same sort of sort of confidence of, like, once I get the ball, I'm getting to my spot and I can knock this shot down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was good. Zion was good. He had a couple of non-highlight real dunks. Yeah, nice block. There. Give him that. That was a huge swat. <laughs> but he had a couple of plays they made. He got inside. There was just no one there at the rim, so nah. he couldn't really dunk on anybody. So uh, Stan Van Gundy's offensive schemes are a little bit too good. They don't allow for highlight real dunks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the Pelicans caught fire in the second yeah. half from three, and the Raptors couldn't hit a shot, and then the, they blew it open. Yeah, it was a 14-point victory in the end for the Pelicans. That's a good start to their season, though. I mean, uh, you know, n- n- like those are the type of games they're going to have to win if they're going to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to 
beat those teams like the Raptors that are not elite, elite, but are like, you know, the middle of the pack sort of good teams. And they got the victory. I mean, the Raps are playing in Tampa. It's going to be interesting to see how that affects them at all. Uh, but you're right. It was weird to see a Raptors team who is usually such a resilient bunch, even when they're down, sort of scrap and claw their way back into the game. And it just never felt like that was going to be the case on opening night and never was in the end as Pelicans continued to push the lead a little bit bigger. What did you I think thought, of that game, Tess? I thought the floor looked good. I thought, yeah, sure, wow, the Chevrons, man. They love Chevrons. There's a yeah. lot going on on that floor. <laughs> yeah, there is. There's, yeah. Some shit. there's a deep, deep red, and there's multiple Chevrons. Um, <laughs> a lot of words. A lot of, there's, there's tangerine, there's OLG. <laughs> man, I'd love to play the Ontario Lottery right now. Hey, Tess, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, stay, you know, what's what's their saying? The OLG. There's a uh, oh, you know your limits and play within it. I think. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I like seeing the it's Canadian Tire phrase, advertisements and the Sport Check advertisements. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. bringing Canada down. I was slightly worried about their locker room situation, as Lee said. Tail of two halves, play the full forty-eight. Uh, you know, according to our, our own Blake Murphy, great article in the Athletic about how the Raptors made it happen. Going down from Toronto to Tampa, six weeks, they made yeah. it happen. It, it's an incredible story when you think about everything. I can't think of everything, but all the stuff that has to happen. You just can't, you just got to think about all these details. The Raptors are using an unused locker room on the home team's side of the arena, which is uh, the Lightning, Tampa Bay Lightning's arena. Mm. The only thing that's off limits is the Lightning's dressing room. So oh. I, just, I just wonder, yeah, what, is, that, is that locker room good? Because I think it sucks. <laughs> I, I just I just worry that it's not good enough oh. for this former championship team. Uh, no, I, I I think everything looked fairly well. Yeah, the lighting wasn't great on the reen of Tangerine. Definitely, <laughs> we've got to work out some lighting issues there. But I thought it looked, you know, it looked like a, a Raptors home game. And uh, oh, yeah. I'm sure they had fans there too. Like I guess you know, like Blake Murphy's writing his ass off right now too. You said about that one article talking about just the relocation. Then he had his gamer from last night dropping Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin references right. like right I off the top. Wrestling. It's so good though. It's like perfect. Like comparing like Bret Hart when he turned into a villain or a heel, but he was always a hero in Canada, and like how that compares to the raps. It's it's really well done. But uh, <laughs> shout out to Blake. Go to theathletic.com/slash/no dunks. Get your subscription. Hold on, are uh, the Raptors villains well no no it's tough to describe it just go read the article but uh you uh, know like basically saying uh never mind i'm not even gonna try i get didn't, into it, I didn't so mean to drop the jim tangent. jim the anvil nightheart on oh, that <laughs> argument but i don't get it that's okay uh, that's okay all right, all right. uh uh well well do you really want me to go in? no i'm not going, going into it. no go i'm in. not going into it i'm not going into it because we got so much more still to talk about here is there anything else you guys want to talk about from the actual games that were played because we need to address the uh you know the postponed game between the rockets and the thunder and what's going on with james harden anything else did we actually touch on all 12 games there in some uh, weird paces day? paces next i don't think oh rj uh, barrett shout out to canada we were yeah. talking canada he had a good performance in the loss sabonis looked awesome um yeah we got them That's all enough. now Yep. Not a lot Good. of Minnesota. Did we do, did we do Pistons, Timberwolves? Oh, a nice yeah. win for the Wolves. A solid debut for Anthony Edwards, the number yes. one pick, living in the lane. Yeah. Like to see that because the big uh, the big knock on him coming into this into his draft was that he settles for outside jumpers too much. I like to see him getting some buckets inside and some touching moments with Carl Anthony Towns. No doubt about it. Yeah, I was happy for him. I was happy they pulled out that victory. All right, okay, there we touched on them all <laughs> very very briefly in some instances. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. So late Wednesday afternoon, the NBA announced that the uh, matchup between the Rockets and the Thunder had been postponed because the Rockets did not have eight players available. Now, the NBA said three Rockets players returned tests that were either positive or inconclusive for the coronavirus uh, under the NBA's testing program, including guys like John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins. Um, And in addition, four other players were already quarantined under the contact tracing protocol. Uh, Or do I have it backwards and Wall and Cousins were in that bunch? It doesn't matter. There's a lot of guys that were either testing positive, inconclusive, or they were worried they were around people that may have been positive. Also, James Harden fined $50,000, ruled unavailable due to a violation of the league's COVID-19 protocols after the NBA reviewed a video of him partying maskless at a club. Harden told NBA investigators he believed he was in compliance with NBA health and safety protocols. I would say the video uh, begs to differ with that. The Beard issued a statement on Instagram basically saying every day it's something different and the event was not a strip club and and stuff like that. (laughs) Though I think he then deleted that um, because... James, it doesn't actually matter if it's a strip club or a club club. It's like, that's sort of not the point here. Uh, but anyway, so he's fined. The, the game is postponed. Um, Tass, what do you make of all this? I, there are a bunch of questions I have, but I mean, just get us started uh, with your opinion on what the hell just went down here. Yeah, it's it's convoluted, right? Because it's it's multiple scenarios, multiple yeah. little rocket pockets, <laughs> rocket factions doing different things. When we were here 24 hours ago, the footage was revealed or came out came to light that James Harden was at his girl's party he was supporting his girlfriend as as he said he was, yep. he was just there supporting her regardless of whether it's a strip club or not as he said it's a group of 15 or more people he was there that that's that's unacceptable by the NBA standards and yep. then John Wall DeMarcus Cousins and Kenyon Martin Jr went and got their haircuts together they just wanted to look good for opening night that was the plan and so they're in someone's apartment and so there's a, a contact tracing, and apparently John Wall and Demarcus Cousins have tested negative, yeah. according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, but that came out as well. I knew haircuts would cause a problem. <laughs> I knew it, and that's why the bubble—that's why the bubble had hairdressers there. Yep. But this is this is just um, a, a sampling of what people live like yep. now that they're in their own cities. Some people care uh, about containing the virus, and some people don't. And and I just wonder if this. Video doesn't come to light. Does the NBA react the same way? I would hope so. Um, but but I wonder if that combined with this hair cutting situation, combined with Ben McElmore has tested positive in, an, in a whole other scenario, uh, and then another player is also being quarantined. I just wonder if the NBA would, would have jumped on it if it was just one of these isolated scenarios and, and may have not... Um, may have not canceled the game but but I, I think what i'm trying to say is that the nba is is really on top of it if if you're led to believe that if one person 
goes to a bar and then they do contract contact tracing and then they suspend a game because of it, the NBA is probably going to cancel a lot of games. Uh, it just seems like this is one of a lot uh, because, as I said, this is just the way people live. Uh, and you, you, we all know it. Uh, you know whether or not uh, any of us are going to bars. You can see people out and about in the city that we live in hanging out maskless. And so I think James Harden is just one of a lot of players that are doing it. And, and, and that's obviously the difference between a bubble situation and living in your own city. Um, and, and I haven't, I haven't John Schumann this, I haven't broke down the numbers to, to look at, okay, well, there's one game suspended here on the opening night for many teams in the MLB or the NFL. Uh, how many games were suspended because of things of this nature where it's just contact contact tracing. It's not necessarily guys testing positive Mm -hmm. uh, because in the end they didn't test positive. So uh, we could have a lot of games. If it's not about the footage, if it's not about um, just the, the overall image of this whole thing and they're really just doing contact tracing, then I don't know. We could see a lot of games um, being postponed and James Harden, uh, you know, there, there was talk about him losing money because of uh, this game missed, but he's not going to miss money. He's not going to lose money unless this game isn't played, right? Like this game will be played and he will play in that game eventually if they do play on Saturday night in their next game. So I, I was just, just wanted to throw that out there. People saying, ah, he's, he's losing money. Well, not yet. Maybe he will. Yeah. He will if he misses games because of uh, issues like this. But I thought the Houston Rockets will be bad because of stuff on the court. Uh, they would they would be torn apart because of stuff on the court, but uh-uh. uh So will they play on Saturday? I don't know. That's that's a totally that's a different game. They're playing the Blazers, I believe, on Saturday night, and this game against the Thunder will be postponed until TBD. Right. So I, I just wonder how the hell do you trace all this stuff? I mean, it's just it's. It's a tough task. It's a yeah, tall task. It is. It's a lot of testing, no doubt. I think, and I'm glad you pointed it out that these are two or three actually like different things going on here within one team. But the James Harden thing, my question for you, Trey, because here's what people are saying: Well, Adam Silver in the league is being way too lenient here. Way too lenient. Fifty thousand dollars. That's it. Uh, now he might miss games. We we don't know that part yet. I mean, it's it's possible that he could, but. Like, most people are saying, you imagine David Stern, he were alive and he were still in control of the NBA. Like, if the protocols were put in place, your union agreed to him, and you're just, like, basically snubbing it in their face, going to clubs and stuff like that. You know, we can, this is the second time now, too, if we count the other one in preseason. Stern would be like, you're suspended, X amount of games, get in line, or get the hell out of here, right? I think that's probably the case, and Silver in the league right now being very lenient, in my opinion, with what Harden did specifically. I think it's a different thing with the whole Barber thing and the contract tracing. They're trying to be cautious, but what's your take, Trey? It does seem like uh, the league is being pretty lenient with James Harden, considering he got fined $50,000, and two weeks ago he was given Lil Baby $100,000 in a briefcase. Like, <laughs> that's two fines, and he called it a honey bun. He has a nickname for $100,000, which is pretty baller if you really think about it but <laughs> like Tass is saying since the game isn't being played you can't find James Harden a game check which that's why we have unions for negotiating that exact kind of stuff but yeah. you're exactly right it probably would have gone differently had it been uh David Stern in charge still yeah. but 
Um, I don't know. I think we need to get used to these games being postponed quite a bit, like Tass is saying, because maybe these are the reasons that games in the MLB were postponed or in the NFL, but an NFL team has 53 players. A baseball team has, help me out, Tass, somewhere between 23 and 27. Perfect. 25, right in between. (laughs) Uh, It's harder. You can miss a lot more players and still play a game in those sports, right? But if you're losing seven guys just off of contract, Contact tracing, one of the hardest phrases out mm. there. Not pro- contract tasting. I don't know. <laughs> but if you're losing those guys so quickly, you're going to get some games postponed. We saw it on night two. It just feels like a completely avoidable situation, right? Like James Harden is saying, it's something new every single day. Yeah, you're giving us the content. <laughs> yeah. like, it is something new every single day. Yeah. It's yeah. only you right now, though. <laughs> and it's putting people in danger. It's making your team look bad. It's making your team's fans not be able to watch them play a game. It just hasn't been a good start for James Harden. The Rockets said they were ready to get uncomfortable, but they probably didn't mean it like this, right? They didn't want to be the biggest disaster. They didn't want to be a dangerous disaster. It's different being a team that looks like a joke and being a team that looks unsafe. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, it's a bullshit excuse, really. He knows what he's supposed to be doing, and it doesn't matter what you say. If you're seen there without a mask on, the NBA really should should have a zero-tolerance policy and just say, okay, we're going to send a message now and suspend him like three games, just to to sort of say, because if you do show this lenience, again, of $50,000, which means absolutely nothing, you may as well fine him $10, then other people will potentially also take some risks and I think that's the problem here because this can't this doesn't just cost one game to the league which will be postponed this could potentially derail several teams if someone slips through the cracks and and you know it goes through a team so that's what they have to be very very careful of here and James Harden's attitude so far has been pretty much like I don't really give a shit about anyone apart from myself right now so I think the NBA needs to sort of almost make an example of him because you know he went to Atlanta he went to Vegas to work out he didn't turn up uh, to uh, his preseason training camp with his team until he felt like it. So he's kind of walking a bit of a fine line here. And uh, and I think the NBA needs to be a little bit more tougher than, than again, $50,000. That's, that's yeah. virtually... You may as well not even fine him at that point because it doesn't make anything. It's not a deterrent. It's no sort of um, sending a message to anybody that, that, that you're going to get in significant trouble. So, um, you know, th- this is very risky. At, at what point as well do you say, well... Because of his behavior, and now, again, you can play without one player on your team. I think it was they had uh, seven guys who couldn't play last night, so the game was postponed. But at what point do you say, well, you know what? Because of your own actions, you have to forfeit a loss to the other team yeah. rather than reschedule. Yeah. Uh, because this is not sort of an accidental thing. This is sort of more silly behavior on the part of the team. Now, again, the, the haircuts are getting together. You know, I'm sure that sort of stuff is happening at other teams where there's small clusters of guys getting together for that. Yeah. But... Again, if you if, if something happens and and your your it's your own fault for your team uh, missing a game, maybe the NBA should just say, well, we just hand the win to the other team. Yeah, but the Thunder wouldn't want that. The Thunder wouldn't want a W because they wanted to lose as many games yeah, right. as possible. They would like, say, no, no, we object to, to the forfeit, sir. Yeah. Uh, this, um, I, the better excuse for James Harden, I think, would have been, I took off my mask to eat a honey bun. Uh, and and that's when the video was taken. Then I put on my mask right afterwards. Uh, I just wanted to, to say to Trey... Major League Baseball rosters were expanded to 26 players due to COVID for 2020. So <laughs> they've got an extra guy. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be th- caught without a lefty in the pen. No, that's right. That's right. The added layer of Jimmy, all this hearted like thing Harden. is, though, is that he wants to be traded, right? <laughs> like He doesn't want to be in Houston. That's what makes this really weird to me. Like, 
would Harden be doing all of this stuff like if he was had been traded already to the Nets or to the Sixers like to another team that's where I'm like I don't know what the answer is to that because one part of me is like yeah he probably would because he doesn't seem he seems pretty nonchalant with obviously COVID maybe that's because by all accounts he already had it right I think back in, in, mm-hmm. in the, the summer and, and is he looking at it like well I already had it I'm not gonna get anyone else sick like which we don't even know if that's 100% true. The science does not back that up yet. But like, or would he, because he wants to, you know, set a great first impression with a new team, be taking this a little more seriously? So that's this extra added layer for me, Lee, where it's like he's snubbing his nose at the league and really at his own union. Because again, these health and, and uh, safety protocols were put in place, they were agreed upon. But he's also doing it maybe just to the Rockets and to their ownership and their management, like, screw you. Uh, yeah, which is not, I, I that's, don't know. That, not, that's... I'm not saying that makes it... No, I know, I know. Okay, I know. but I'm saying I'm wondering yeah. if he's doing that. And, and that's the thing, he has to remain professional uh, yeah. in, and for the remainder of the time he's there in Houston. Again, Houston have given him everything, absolutely everything for yeah. the last eight years. So he can't really just now sort of pout and sulk his way out of town. He has to remain professional because he knows that he's a valuable player, that Rockets can get a ton in return for him. But if he's going to sort of have this attitude and behavior and carry this baggage, it's going to affect his trade value. Because, again, imagine imagine he did go to Brooklyn or Philadelphia and then still behave the same way. They would be pretty upset with him, I think. Yeah, so. you would think so. You would think so. So, okay, we will see uh, what the fallout is, whether he misses games and actually is uh, you know loses a lot more money. Because then you start losing a percentage of your salary, right, with uh, you know actual games missed. It's in play. It's in yeah, play. Yeah, Woj has a tweet just now. It says, Rockets guard James Harden will be required to isolate until Friday. Continue to test negative for the coronavirus before being cleared to return to play. He should be available Saturday versus the Blazers. Okay. So he may not miss a game then if he can pass right. all the testing. Okay. Oh, wow. So he won't be dinged, at least in the in the pocketbooks. I would look, um, you know, have you ever tried making honey buns? Uh, Trey, you're making cinnamon rolls. I wonder. I haven't. I haven't, but I would imagine that the the process is pretty similar. Yeah, I would think so. Well, we'll get mm. get Peter back on the podcast. To help us <laughs> All right. Buns. So, so Drew uh, Holiday may have. Drew Holiday loves honey buns. I don't know why I know that, but I know, know that. <laughs> I think it's from when we interviewed him. Ooh, let me go back. Drew Holiday uh, was twenty something at the Adidas. Uh, yeah, yep, that absolutely wow, can <laughs> confirm. I remember wow. that. I remember nice. that. But Loves how did Honey Buns come up? Uh, now I'm curious. I don't. It was. I think it was one of the random. Uh, yeah. It was a we just one one of the ones where we just asked random questions, and it's like, "What's your favorite dessert?" And he oh. said, "Honey Buns," and it was just like, "What? Honey Buns?" <laughs> <laughs> did not expect that for some uh-huh. reason. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, great. All right. Well. Yesterday, we dropped our uh, annual Christmas tradition, Christmas bars, our naughty bars. And today, we have another no dunks holiday tradition. It's time for the top five gifts from the Hallmark Islamic catalog. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. Yes, the top five gifts from the Hallmark Islamic catalog, which is a crazy catalog. You can buy everything in this thing. We've done this many years now. I hit you guys with my favorite items. And then I ask you to guess how much it costs in the magazine. That's always a fun twist. But you can buy, like, mechanical fire-breathing dragons. Um, and if you remember last year, mug pedestals, which was basically oh, right. a piece of wood that you could then plop your mug on. So, um, yeah, there's everything and anything in this thing. Now, here's the crazy twist to this year's countdown. As you may have noticed, I'm not holding up right now a Hama Akashlamma catalog because I don't have one. Mine never <laughs> arrived. But 
Enter my Christmas angel, Brett Ferrari. Vroom, vroom. Yes, Brett came through once again. Last year, he actually sent me his catalog, and I got the physical copy. But this year, we cut it you know, a little too close here, up to the Christmas holidays. So, because it never arrived to my house... Brent took it upon his sweet shoulders to peruse the entire Hallmarker Slimmer catalog and send me a few options to then pick from. So without further ado, here are my top five gift ideas from the Hallmarker Slimmer catalog by way of Brent. He sent me a lot. He sent me like, you know, a good 25 options that he like, he he did the first pass and then I've whittled it down. Two, five. So JD is going to throw up the photos for everybody here in the stream team. And number five, JD, you were top of mind. We got a couple gifts for you on this year's top five gifts from the Hallmarker Slamma catalog. Number five is the sidewinding circular skates. <laughs> Look at these. Got I love this photo too because it's like JD wears chucks. Yeah. So I think this might be JD trying these out. That the is me. I, I modeled for the Hanukkah Slimer catalog this wow, year. Wow, so. what an honor. Well, yeah, these annular skates are propelled by leaning side to side and it even says in the write-up it's similar, JD, to longboard skating. Mm. So uh, would you give these a go if I, if I pick these up for you? Absolutely, for okay. sure, 100%. Would, do you want them in red or green? <laughs> oh, red. <laughs> Gotta go red. Gotta yeah, go I, think red. The, I think the red pops. Um, so yeah, these are, I've, I've never seen anybody trying this out on like the Atlanta <laughs> Beltline or in the streets. So uh, if you're out there and you're in the stream team right now, you know, let me know if you have a pair of these, these side-winding circular skates. Guys. Those are cool. Guess how much these cost. Hmm. Take a guess. 250 Okay. Three, 350 350 Okay, task goes higher. I'll go 130 Okay. Guys, you could have... Sorry, J.D., go ahead. Give me, give me five, 500. Cool 500. Ooh. Wow. Guys, 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 guys. You could have these sweet side-winding circular skates for as little as $99.95. Wow. $100. That's $50 a circle, man. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. All right, J.D., I got another gift for you. Great. Check out this one. Number four on my list. From the Hallmarker Slammer catalog, the Yoda table lamp. <laughs> Look at this piece of shit. Uh, this is the lamp that illuminates a room with Jedi Master Wisdom. What the hell does that mean? Uh, and it says engraved on there. It's sort of tough to see. Do or do not. There is no try. Mm. Classic Yoda. Um, it includes a certificate of authenticity. <laughs> what? Like, it says what? it also comes with a light bulb. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. That is nice. That's a nice touch. Uh, very sure. nice. Uh, I just like... like I, I mean, I, you look, hey, look, I, I don't want to judge. I know there are big Star Wars fans out there. JD, you are one of them. But would you have a Yoda table lamp? Like, would you put this beside no. your bed? No, absolutely not. Absolutely no, I didn't think so. Absolutely not. I didn't think so. No way. That's, I mean, you got to be next level. Like, I don't know. Now, you hold know, on. But I, would I have a Yoda lamp next to my bed? Perhaps. Just not this one. This <laughs> no, is this hideous. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this one's pretty you, ugly. You know, uh, you know who, who would have loved that is our former colleague, Chris Nelson. He oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we should all pool our money together and get this for Chris. Shout out to Chris. I'm lying in bed with a Yoda lamp just like Chris <laughs> Nelson. <laughs> All uh, right. Um, guys, take a guess. Tass, you first. What would you put the price mm. on this unbelievable item? Okay, let me get in the headspace of Chris Nelson. <laughs> 149 Okay. Ta- uh, sorry, Trey? Yeah, I'm I'm guessing since it's a licensed product, that's going to be expensive. 175 
Okay. That's Lili? too much. That's yeah, I, I think um, Star Wars heads don't mind paying uh, a lot for something that's legit. Um, <laughs> so uh, what, what did you say, Tass? Sorry. What, 149. What you... Yeah, I think. I, yeah. Okay. I'm going to say 170. Mm. Uh, all right. And uh, so pretty close to, to Trey. And then uh, go ahead, JD. What do you uh, think? I'm going to say 59.99. Oh, wow. mm. well, uh, I guess Lee and Trey were pretty damn close, actually. $179.95. Wow. <laughs> so wow. Wow. I've got to get in the Star Wars merch gag, man. I mean, <laughs> you, you can sell them anything. You just put Yoda or Darth on there. <laughs> Throw a Darth on there. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool if you had the Yoda table lamp on one side of the bed and the Darth Vader yeah. lamp on the other side. Uh, all right. Uh, my third item from the Hamakashlema catalog. The walk-on-air, indoor-outdoor okay. slippers. <laughs> now, I take offense to this. Look at that first line in this write-up. Only available from Hallmark or Slamma? That's bullshit. You can find these custom-made in any Armenian household. <laughs> because this is basically my father-in-law's invention, and they just ripped it off. He, uh, you know, I told you the story, guys. He took an old shoe, and he cuts the back of it off, Turns it into like an indoor outdoor slipper. It's brilliant. Um, but these have a thousand air bubbles in sole right. cushion. That's right. There's a thousand air bubbles. They counted them all, Tass. Um, yeah, they look comfy. I mean, I'm just, I just take a little offense. Awesome. Take a little offense to them saying, you know, they created these when we all know Hike Artinian did. Um, but what are you putting? What price are you putting on these? JD, you go first. What do you got on these sweet Oof. indoor uh, outdoor slippers? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's just a pair of slippers, but. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say $79.99. Okay. Uh, Lily. Yeah, I am a slippers wearer, and I do okay. struggle to find a really comfortable pair. Uh, um, so I'm actually, I'm actually interested in these, really interested. What would I spend on them? <laughs> um, I think I'd go uh, I think I'd go $49.99 for these, yeah. Okay, okay. Wow. Wow. You're that's really splurging. Honestly, for oh, Lee, that's like, if they weren't free, that's like a million dollars to Lee. Um, Trey, what are you putting on these? Well, what's the going rate for air these days? Because like you're saying, a thousand air bubbles at least in a pair of ugly brown slippers. Give me $99.99. Okay, okay. And then, Tass, I'm really excited to hear your take on these, having worked uh, in the foot game. Right. Um, because, like, is it true, Tass? You know, are German uh, podiatrists, like, the leaders in footwear? Because they're recommended from, by the Germans. Uh, what's your take? Yeah, don't put this by the... the, the look at... Look at that. Recommended by leading German podiatrists. The slippers have polyurethane nod skid soles now. When I when I see German podiatrists, I think Birkenstocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, because wow. because these have molded footbeds. Are right. these Birkenstocks? Um, are they, are they a relative of the Birkenstock? Because you know those are a good important part of a Birkenstock. The footbed, as as Lee was I think alluding to, you, you need a solid solid base. You can't just be strolling around your house. You step on one of your kids' toys, you fall, you hurt yourself. So, air bubbles, air is expensive. Um, that, that's for sure. <laughs> Go to your local gas station. You got to pay for air these days. Right. Um, Birkenstocks also expensive. One twenty nine. Okay. Okay. Um, well, oh, 
Price of Price is Right rules, Trey would have just been over, but he's damn close. $99.95, Trey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should have went with the 95. That's what the Hanamaka Schlemmer does. They don't do 99. So, yeah, $100, basically. Mm. These okay. are actually looking good to me, Skeets. I'm in yeah. the market for some new slippers. <sighs> A thousand air bubbles. That's ridiculous. The ones I have now, they've only got like 750 air bubbles. I feel like <laughs> I can barely even walk. You know what, though? I'm going to say this. There is a problem with an indoor-outdoor slipper in my yeah. opinion. Because it's an outdoor slipper. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't want to go take Luna out for a dump rocking these slippers. I'm out on the grass. You know, I'm getting dirty. And then what? Then I'm just walking right back into the house. I mean, exactly. now I'm just basically wearing shoes in the house. So, mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, I don't mind drawing the line like on a porch or something like that. You know, if I'm not going on to uh, grass, then maybe uh, it works. Okay. Uh, you're having your coffee on the porch. It's okay. In the yeah, slippers. that's right. That's right. Okay. This next one. Ooh, this one's for Trey Kirby. Though he's interested in the slippers. But look at this one, Trey. The fish oh, catching RC boat. Okay, this 17 and a half inch boat, it can catch up to a two pound fish, it says. Now, it allows you to troll a patch of water. I've never heard that term. (laughs) Or position it where a conventional cast can't reach, right? You just send out this little remote control boat and let it do its work, I guess. My favorite part, Trey, I got a question for you. It says it includes a telescoping grapple to fetch the boat. So... (laughs) Am I led to believe the boat catches the fish and then you basically have to catch the boat by bringing it in with this grapple? Like, there's another step, but anyway, what do you think? It definitely seems like that. So what, you throw out this little remote control boat to a place where (laughs) for some reason your cast can't reach. Yeah, I know. Can't get close. You get it out there, you get a nice little fish. Uh, Got a little bass jumping out there, looks great. And then you what, you drive the boat back to you, you use the grapple, you bring in the boat, which has the fish attached to it. (laughs) There's no way this (laughs) This is baller. This is great. This seems like a very dumb fishing product, which are my favorite kinds. Like, this is gonna cost over $200, I would bet, because. Give me two twenty-five, uh, because fishermen are dumb. If you're telling me that this is gonna catch more fish, I'm in. Okay. Okay. So two twenty-five, uh, Lee. What do you got for this? I mean, I, for a boat, I, I'm guessing. Uh... Well, hold on. I mean, it's not a boat we can sit in. I know. I know. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this seems like a gimmick to me. This seems like a real. You know, <laughs> yeah, no. I agree. If you, if I agree. You know, if you're buying this, you'll buy anything. Uh, yeah. Slap a big price on it though to maybe make people think it's worth. It's actually valuable. Three hundred right. bucks. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, JD. Yeah, the, the grappling, the telescoping grappling <laughs> hook, it has to be worth $75 alone. So uh, put me down for uh, $325. Okay, and Tess, what do you got? Oh, yeah, this is this is a, quite the device. It requires six AA batteries and one 9-volt. You don't yeah. see that too often. Oh. Um, <laughs> that is weird. $99.90. Ninety-nine ninety. Just saying, this costs a grand, basically. No, no, no. Ninety-nine dollars and ninety cents. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, Tass is the closest. I'm copying the Birkenstock. Uh, you're very close, Tass. This isn't that much, guys, because oh. it's probably a hunk of shit. It's uh, seventy-nine dollars <laughs> and ninety-five cents. That's not bad. Eighty bucks for that. Yeah, it's yeah. worth it now that you mention it. Uh, but my number one item from this year's Hallmark Schlammer catalog. Thanks to Brent Ferrari again. Vroom vroom. Um. It was his favorite item, and it's mine, too, uh, just because it's so weird. It's the wireless CD player. Yeah. Remember pl- CD players? You still got CDs kicking around? Well, now you have a portable CD player that connects wirelessly to any Bluetooth speaker or a headphone. 
That's amazing that this is a thing. I guess people do have CDs still lying around. Maybe they're not scratched up enough. So now you can just buy yourself another CD player and connect wirelessly to whatever Bluetooth speaker. So what I mean, I actually I'm like making fun of this, but if you had CDs lying around and you wanted to play them, yeah, it's hard to find something. Yeah, 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 it would actually serve a purpose. So um, I love the little Bluetooth like Wi-Fi symbol there <laughs> popping out of it. Just so you know it works. Just so you know it's transmitting. Um, what do you got, Tass? I'll start with you on this one. What's the price? Uh, yeah, I, I can see why Brent Ferrari wants this. I guess he doesn't have a CD player in his Ferrari. So <laughs> throw this in. Yeah, why not? Um, he can fit it in his two-seater. Uh, just it's gotta be cheap though. Sixty bucks. Okay, Trey. I don't know, man. This is a ridiculous <laughs> product. It comes with an aux cable so you can connect it to a car stereo? What car has an aux cable input but not a CD player? I do like that it has anti-skip technology just in case. Oh, boy, when you were a high school basketball player, if you had 10 seconds of anti-skip, oh, yeah. you're living the life on the bus bumping that Dr. Dre 2001. Uh, I'm with Tass, though. An outdated technology can't be that expensive. $49.99. Okay. Now, Lee, do you have some CDs kicking around still? I can't remember the last CD I brought. I, and I don't remember what decade it would have been in. I certainly haven't bought one uh, since we moved to Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Because uh, in our car, we had a CD player. And one day I was uh, in a gas station or something somewhere... And they had the best of Queen, and I bought that CD. So I do have one CD. <laughs> Queen, Queen's Greatest Hits or Best of, whatever it is there. I've got one CD. Okay. So I have use for it. Finally, I have use for it here. Um, but, yeah, this has got to be cheap because no one's splurging on this. I'm going to say, like, $19.99 or $29.99. Okay, okay. And, J.D., what do you think, man? You uh, you love your audio. I do love my audio. Uh, I only have one CD as well. It's uh, uh, Tinkerbell, a band that I was in. <laughs> I have one DVD, The Floor, a show that we made, yeah. and that's it. But uh, I think uh, there's a market for this for the 70-plus uh, crowd. So okay. I'm just going to say 69 Nice. Yeah, nice, very nice. I like your thinking. Yeah, this this magazine, for some reason I love it, but I think it is uh, you know targeted towards older people. Uh, this wireless CD player, ninety nine dollars and ninety five cents. Man, you know what brought back some memories though from this write up? Compatible with CDR, CDRW, oh, and yeah. standard CDs. Oh man, that takes me back. You know how many hours of music you can put on one of those? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there it is. Uh, top five items for Christmas from the Hamakish Lemma catalog. Thank you so much again to Brent for uh, doing a lot of the work there for me, taking all the photos. And uh, he had some other ones too. That uh, Some we had already actually talked about the year before. Um, some double up items, but thanks Brent so much for that. Keep that tradition alive. Come on, Hamakish Lemma. I gave you my new address to my new house like months ago. What's going on? Where's my magazine? I tweeted them. They actually responded to me. They said it would be here in two weeks. Mm. <laughs> what? Uh, all right. Two weeks away from being two weeks away. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we're running long, but who cares? No podcast tomorrow. Lee, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. What do you got for us, Lee Lee? 
So, yeah, a lot of action out there on the tweets last night. I was like, where am I going to go here? What am I going to do? It's a lot of pressure on the first night tweet, really, because it's like uh, you want it to be sort of fun and entertaining, but uh, you also want it to be something we can maybe talk about. Sure. So those other uh, nights, though, those uh, other nights, you nah, see the nah, tweets, nah, you're nah. like, yeah. <laughs> as long as it's not the first night of the season, we can just throw out a shit tweet. <laughs> well, this is actually, Trey, I think you'll like this one. I think you'll like this one because I'm going to go to you about it. Uh, and it comes from Nick DePaula, uh, who tweeted this last night, that number one pick Anthony Edwards arrived in Jordan's <laughs> and then played in, I'll say the American way, Adidas last night. Right, Adidas right. for uh, my homies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, interesting because there was actually an article Nick wrote about yeah. this, how there's a lot of rookies who don't have shoe deals right now. And a lot of that hmm. is because obviously there was no March Madness, there was no tournament. And due to the uh, the COVID situation, the coronavirus, it's impacted the market significantly. And so teams are sort of waiting really, to, I guess, to sort of uh, decide who they're going to offer the big contract, big shoe deals to. So, hmm. um, yeah, so that's interesting. And, and also as well, I think apart from LaMelo Ball, uh, who I do believe has a Puma deal, I believe. Uh, that's what he signed yep. with. Yep. There's not a there's not a really big marketable guy either. I think that's another reason. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't I don't think like Zion last year was an automatic like, okay, this guy should be a star. But I don't think there's that in this draft. But this is really uh, why I wanted to bring it up. Have you guys ever turned up to basketball in one pair of shoes, one brand, and then played in the other brand? No, no sir. Well, hold on. What do you mean? Well, like, well, well that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like, like he's, yeah, I've been he's, known he's... to wear a pair of Birkenstocks to the gym yeah, but while throwing on a pair of Jordans to play. <laughs> yeah, some people so have outdoor and indoor slippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, it, yeah. He's, he's, turning, he's saying to me, like, uh, I'm wearing Jordans because obviously you want to attract the Jordan brand, but these are my casual wear. When I'm on the court, I prefer Adidas is what he's saying. Oh, so he's, yeah, sure. he's he's sort of, he's more saying Adidas, give me the big bucks from you guys. But, you know, I all, uh, Jordans are cool because you can wear them as fashion shoes. You can't really wear Adidas the same way as Jordan. I mean, there's no other, there's no other basketball shoe you can wear quite as uh, casually as Jordans, I wouldn't think. Okay, like, okay. You know, yeah, like yeah, Jordans. Agree, agree with you, that. You could get married in Jordans. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, for sure. The, the, the 11s, no doubt. Seen yeah. But uh, I do like it. It's uh, pretty smart to, you know, he could have easily showed up in a Jordan and then gone and played in a Nike. But now he's yeah. covering all his bases. He's saying, hey, I'll wear an Adidas to the game and play in mm. an Adidas. I'll wear a Jordan to the game and play in a Jordan. Whoever's got that bag, holler at me. After the first night, looking like a Jordan. Yeah. Has any player, Trey, that you can remember ever played in one shoe that was Nike and one shoe that was Adidas? Mm. Ooh. Uh, it's definitely possible. I don't know about during a game, but I remember like there was a season in between when Kobe Bryant was with Adidas and when he eventually signed with Nike and he was just wearing basically whatever shoe he wanted. Same with Gilbert yeah. Arenas. He played in a pair of uh, Dolce & Gabbana at one point. So <laughs> those guys, maybe, you know, uh, yeah. when you're in between shoe deals, you're like, I'll just wear whatever I want. Well, wasn't Luca doing that too before he... Yeah, he, he was taking some turns last year, yeah. switching between Jordans and Under Armour back in the day. He's right. Jumpman, isn't he? Is he Jumpman? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he is now, for sure. All right, great tweet, Lee. What a start. Now you can mail it in for the rest of the season. <laughs> Magic Johnson, here we come. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, Pick'em results from last night. It was the Mavericks-Suns game. We all took the Suns. It was really boring. They were favored by one and a half. But guess what? We were all right. We were all correct. Uh, what they win by? Four in the end. Yeah. Right? So, so pretty close. Just covered. But hey, that's a win's a win for your boys. So we're all 1-0 and here to start our new Pick'em payoff battle. Um, but Tass, we mu- there's no games on uh, today because it's Christmas Eve. 
Again. <laughs> so freaking weird to me. Uh, tomorrow's Christmas, though. We got five games on, so I'm sure we have the lines for those games. So which one are we picking? We do. Picking a real tough one. The Denver Nuggets hosting the Clippers. Rematch of round number two. Clippers gave up that 3-1 lead, so will they be ready to play? Of course, but they're coming off a win while the Nuggets are coming off a loss. Opening night, yeah, the Clippers beat the Lakers. The Nuggets, that tough loss to the Kings. So... This is not an easy pick. Uh, I'll start us off. I'm taking the Clippers. I think that that revenge factor will be enough to get them the W. Clippers are favored by one and a half, you said? Yeah. Okay, on the road. On the road, yeah. It actually is a real thing this year. Um, (laughs) I'm also taking LA because I've been saying it for the last little bit. I think the Clippers are going to send that message. Oh, you gave us the Lakers and the Nuggets. Oh, hardy har har NBA. Well, we're 2-0, baby. So I'll take LA to cover two. Lili? Yeah, I'm going the same. I I feel that the Clippers are like, we've got to get this one. There's a re- the re- revenge factor there. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty tight though, but I'm going the Clippers. Uh-oh. Mm. Trey, where are you going? Bounce back game for Jamal Murray. Here we go. Nikola Jokic pounds him inside. Shout out to Big Smooth. I'm taking the Nuggets. And I might stay up for that game. <laughs> a late oh. game on Christmas? Woo! That's a big ask, buddy. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing, right, Trey? I heard you guys talking about this before we started the podcast. You know, a lot of us, we can't go home or we can't travel where we usually travel for the holidays. Trying to keep it safe, obviously. Well, you know what? As much as you'll miss your family and stuff like that, the traveling, the bouncing around from holiday party to holiday party can be exhausting. So you're all tuckered out by the late game on Christmas. That's That's a good point. Now you're at home. You know, yeah, you're obviously getting up early and opening gifts, but you're going to be a little more energized, I think, because you're not going to be doing a million things. You're 100% right, Skeets. This is the first time I'm going to have home court advantage for Christmas, and I'm excited to see how it Uh, pays off. I'm excited to see what you can do as a man. (laughs) I really am. You're already better than the Bulls, in my opinion. Uh, We're going to call it there, though, guys. We will be back on Saturday, Boxing Day. Do they call it Boxing Day in America, or is that a Canadian no, thing? No. It's, no, no. Uh, yeah. Americans are like, what the f- is that? Uh, yeah, the Brits and the Aussies know about it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Boxing Do Day, some the shopping. 26th. We'll be back on Saturday morning around 10 a.m. on YouTube Live to recap the uh, five Christmas Day games and any of the big news. So join us then, because there are no games on today. So we'll be taking Christmas off from podcasting, and we'll be watching all the games, and we'll be back on Saturday. Subscribe, like, comment. Yada, yada, yada. Do what you got to do. Email in your questions and comments. No dunks at theathletic.com. We'll be stepping on the beach uh, next week. So get your cues in. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Thanks for joining us here today. Stay safe. And again, we'll see you on Saturday. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Amakashlema really knows how to suck the Louis DeJoy out of the holidays. Embrace Christmas Eve, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10 
$10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.